Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Richard Porter. I'm Johnny Smith. And this is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars and many other things. It's often that we have to do apologies on this show, but guys, yeah. listen. Guys. Listen, here's where I'm at. Look. I know I made a mistake about bagpipes in the last <laughs> podcast, and I owe you and I owe John Farnham <laughs> a huge apology. <laughs> and... How many messages did we get about those bloody bagpipes? I think we should cap it at about 72 messages, but it's probably A lot more. of messages, mostly from Australians, I believe. But a lot of Australian messages. Many and- confirming my uh, outlandish assertion that uh, You're the Voice is the unofficial Australian national anthem. Some were urged a note of caution. It's not quite that. There was a guy, I think he was on YouTube... Or maybe a patron who launched into an impassioned criticism of the actual Australian national anthem. Yes, I was about. I was about to say that it's 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 soulless and it's boring and it hasn't been very well written or something. I thought, oh gosh, does not like his own national anthem. Well, in fairness, it's because it's one of those sort of new build national anthems, isn't it? They only introduced it in the (laughs) seventies because they they weren't. We're not having God Save the Queen anymore, and uh, and so. so they had to think of their own. It's one of those ones where we say, yeah, we'll think of our own national anthem. It's really easy. It's just, uh, uh, yeah, can't we oh, just use um, Take a Chance on Me by ABBA, but just slow it right down? <laughs> Go, no, Dear not, Sweden. not really. Well, yes, anyway, the bagpipes, because uh, funnily enough, well, I messaged you, didn't I, before the tidal wave of, um, of, of messages from Australians, because I was curious. I thought, you're the you voice were. by John Farnham. He's Australian. Yes. It was made in the 80s. Yes. I wonder if it was made using the Fairlight keyboard computer system. Yes. Very popular in the 80s, used extensively by artists such as Pet Shop Boys, Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Um, uh, I'm and, sure, I'm sure Erasure probably dabbled in it. Uh, a little, a but I think because Vince Clark is an analogue purist and this was a sort of digital system with sampling and... Um, yeah, they're very. You used to see them sometimes on '80s music shows. It's a big old thing with a screen. That was what set it apart. It had a monitor with a green. You know those old-fashioned monitors that are just black with green on the screen. I do. They're often the ones that were they the early type of life support machine uh, monitor as well in hospitals. Yeah, they had a exactly. Sick- but the Fairlight, groundbreaking music production system that it was, was Australian. So I thought, I wonder if John Farnham used the Fairlight, which would then explain that the Fairlight was a sampler, amongst yeah. other things. He'd sampled the bagpipes. And being a synth nerd, I thought, I'm going to look this up. And then I discovered, with a sort of crash zoom on my face in the film of this, that they were real bagpipes. And I messaged you, and then lots and lots of Australians got in touch and said the same thing um, but, but you James, know what out of bad is always good comes good yeah. what uh, that you've listened to you're the voice nine times in a row no i've only twice 
But okay. I, what I did like, and one of our, I think one of our listeners on Twitter found uh, an extract from a, an interview with John Farnham about the inspiration for this song. Now, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast expecting car content, don't worry, it'll come. But we're, we're, it's coming. Because the voice by the Farnham contains, and you m- might be saying this, about the drum beat sample comes from shutting a car door yes and that is amazing suddenly we've brought it round into a car related piece of content faster than expected as well yeah and and i love that about it is the story not that they i guess doing a demo perhaps they slammed a car door in a garage and sampled it and then for the finished product they went back and this time they used a Porsche 911 exactly which in the 80s they famously had really good door shuts very good just like a classic beetle and that's (laughs) on the record you're the voice some of the some of the rhythm track is the the, is a sample of a Porsche 911 door closing so therefore the voice by the Farnham is actually a very car-y song now Mm. um in fact if if it wasn't it should have been on one of those early 2000s or late 90s top gear driving compilations which i'm sure you were involved with weren't you or maybe you were you yeah yeah there was one that came out in the 2000s and we were allowed to um suggest tracks for it oh brilliant and you said we all got a name check i've got a copy somewhere i did have because i get a name check in the um sleeve oh that's brilliant Um, i'm sort of weirdly proud of that even though it was a total kind of petrol station compilation cd you know what I mean? Just in a basket, ones. one of the basket ones yeah, by the door. Obviously, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can I just read out? I found it. The um, the patron who got in touch about your other voice and the Australian national anthem, James Patterson. Hello, James. He said, as an Australian, I can confirm our affinity with your other voice. We also seem to adore. It's a long way to the top. Brackets some bagpipes and working class man. Brackets no bagpipes. <laughs> when in a public setting, <laughs> I believe it's because our national anthem is absolute toss. It's lyrically pathetic and the music is uninspiring at best. I think maybe 20% of our population know the words. And because it was only adopted in, in 1974 in place of God Save the Queen, it doesn't even have any traditional or historical value. So at a sporting match, you're much more likely to hear Bogans and the well-heeled belting out You're the Voice in out-of-tune unison than our own national anthem. <laughs> I've got there to say, go. I, I, thanks, James. It's good to clarify this this information, but also when I went down the slight Farnham wormhole, that sounds wrong, but you know what I mean. <laughs> it doesn't it? Sounds like a tourist attraction. It does it in the does. West Country. Come and see Farnham wormhole. <laughs> it's next to Wookie Hole. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I realised Farnham had quite a mullet. Yeah, he had a real neck warmer. There is no way the nape. Was ever going to get cold in in winter? Say if the Farnham went on tour in Scandinavia in uh, in winter, he wouldn't need a hat or a scarf. Well, hang on, no. But Farnham's an Aussie, so surely this was just a, a, a way to prevent sunburn. Oh, anti UV damage. Um, yeah, protection. Exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. anti anti UV hair rather than neck warming. I would uh, say. Okay, so yeah, I hadn't ever thought of it like that. So it's it's Aussie skin protection hair. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, empirical evidence would suggest that the muleta was quite big news in Australia in the 80s, more than in many other places. And we only have to look at the hairstyles from early episodes of Neighbours for proof oh, there was, of that. There was a huge amount of moulet uh, 
at that point, wasn't there? A huge amount. Tons of it. And I bet, I bet it it worked hand in hand with some sort of overpowered four door saloon. It um, was being <laughs> wheeled around neighbourhoods. You can imagine. You can imagine. You can just imagine. And also. I bet the the that the arm the elbow on the door top. I'm doing it now because I'm actually sat in a car recording this. Mm. Uh, elbow on the door top with the hand on where the roof gutter would be, clenching yeah. the roof gutter quite hard because that does two things: increases the size of your bicep, which looks good for passers-by, but also well, especially when, if you're wearing a traditional Australian singlet. vest. No, no, singlet. the, Beg your pardon. the, the Beg singlet your pardon. is the Australian um, official or unofficial. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the songlet and the moulet, the Australian national uniform. Singlet. <laughs> oh, the gosh, that's so Australian. What car would you be doing uh, that in, though? Well, it's. Uh, I mean, you've got a choice of two, haven't you? Holden yeah. or Ford? Yeah, Folds. Um, Falcon or um, Commodore, I suppose. What would you go in, Rich, if you had to now? I always sort of erred towards the Commodore, but I don't. I can't explain why. It might be because I used to have a VXR8, mm. but I would it I, because I, of I the band, found, the Commodores as well. Yeah, because of that as well, yeah. and because I don't know, they just seem more exotic. I mean, I know you couldn't get Aussie Fords really much outside Australia, no, you? but somehow the Holden seemed more exotic. Yeah, we're, no we're now going to get a tidal wave of, of Australian. Oh, we've, well, I mean, I think say, between the, the, the casual Ozophobia about singlets and now <laughs> sides in Ford versus Holden, <laughs> may they rest in peace. We're in trouble in Australia. We, we're frankly, um, we're in trouble. We are. But come on, Aussies, do your worst. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, just actually on the note of uh, putting your arm out the window and gripping the rain gutter. Yes, which, which I love doing. We've talked about before, yeah. Yeah. Um, chap called Seth Kennedy got in touch he's a listener um actually to talk about um gear knobs oh not not uh, chody shifters well just because he's got now he says (laughs) he says i frequently find myself fingering the gutter in my helmet (laughs) and he sent a picture of himself doing this now i can't tell what helmet is i'm going to guess avenger but i couldn't say for sure did you just say fingering the gutter yeah he sent a, a selfie of him in the the pose which shows him arm at the window. But he's come up with a very good observation about this. He says, I suspect that the fashion probably died out due to the physical width of doors in modern stuff. You sit about three feet from the side of the car nowadays, and uh, it's just not comfortable to dangle your arm out or tap the roof to your favourite tunes anymore. And that's a fair point. It is true. The side impact regs and all that. Doors have got fatter, and, and the way place where you sit relative to the side of the car, we've all moved inboard. It's one we, reason why cars have got wider. We have gone inboard. You're absolutely right. Yeah, very true. I'm looking at it now inside this Cupra that I'm sat in. Um, yeah, we are. You are a long way in. But Seth is also he's got this absolutely. <laughs> he's put there may be some perspective here, but certainly in this photo, it looks like his extended gear lever in his Hillman is at the height of the top of the steering wheel. <laughs> the top of the steering wheel. Yeah. Like chin height, it's extraordinarily high oh, to the point where I can't be, I can't be comfortable. Well, hang on. What about if he was leaning over to fiddle one of the the radio knobs, and yeah. he had a particularly worn gearbox where it kept fuzzing itself out of gear unexpectedly? Mm. Mm. And let's say it, 
I don't know, it, it violently waggled because he had a bit of a, um, a gearbox mount worn issue. It could, it could knock one of his teeth out or chin him. Because the Avengers have historically got quite Baker-lighty bulb gear knobs. Yeah, well, no, ah, I should, another detail here is that he has fitted some kind of alternative gear knob, which I can't quite make out what it is. Um, is it phallic I, or is it okay? It, I just can't tell what it is. It's green. It looks like it looks like it. I don't know. Is it like a sort of like a head, like a monster's head from something else? A so monster's if you're listening, head. Get in touch and I need more information here, mate, because it just it he doesn't elaborate on what the what the knob is. He just says uh. also visible is the opposite of your recent knob chat, the patent anti-performance long shifter. The top of which is a little above dashboard level and generally requires arm length operation. Oh, wow. So it's intentionally, so it's sort of like oh, yeah. hot rod style level with the top of the dash. Bloody hell, that is tall. Wow. I think nothing of it. That is eye level. For 10 plus years. So, Do you know, talking, yeah. of, talking of Aussie related stuff, uh, by complete mm. coincidence, on a journey back from a meeting this morning, I did see a, um, a Vauxhall pickup, the, the Maloo. A Maloo, did you? Yeah, and the number plate with something like V8 Ute. It was something trick like that. So oh. I, I thought that was quite... The number plate definitely said UTE on it. Mm. Uh, and I thought, yes, completely an unnecessary car in the United Kingdom, <laughs> but I am down with it. Um, <laughs> just because, you know, it's as close to an El Camino as you're ever going to get. And I like carry pickups rather than pickupy pickups. Um, yeah, yeah, I know. Don't you mean. know why. Got no rationale apart from the fact they got a chance of going around corners. Although I say that the Maloo in question probably had seven hundred horsepower and was reluctant yeah, th- to corner. But who knows? I don't know. People supercharge them, don't they? And then woe betide if you're not carrying oh so squirrely bags of cement. Yeah, so squirrely. Um, mm. But also very difficult when you're doing a track day, listening to non-stop John Farnham. Uh, at high volume. <laughs> I would have thought it's quite distracting with your Nomex singlet on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know we love you Australians. I, I do. do. You guys are fantastic. Um, we do. Don't worry. Next I, week we'll pick on Canadians or something. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but like we like we said in our live, um, pod, a live audience podcast that we did... Um, we're, 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 if the Australian Tourist Board wants to talk to us about name-checking Australia and how great it is, we're f- absolutely fine to go over there and do a an Aussie Smith & Sniff, so just bear that in mind. Oh, well now. What? Hey. So. Listen. Might as well mention this now. Uh, the next live show. Tickets on sale now, today. If you're a patron, you've been able to buy them since Friday, but if you listen to this on the Monday that it comes out, we're doing another live show. At the Bentley factory in oh. Crewe, Cheshire. Oh, my word. Listen to this, everybody. Wednesday, the 2nd of November, in the evening. Um, if you get a ticket, you get to come to uh, Bentley's Is that how it works? New... Yeah. You, you get a ticket, tickets. then, then therefore Don't you turn go. up if you haven't got a ticket. You will have the Bentley dogs set on you. So do buy a ticket. Uh, we're going to be slightly more on sale than for Morgan, so um, more chances to come. Uh you know where crew is it's in cheshire not that far from manchester very easy to get to on the train if you're interested but of course you can drive there is ample parking it's a car factory 
Um, and you get to come and you'll get to go and have a look at some nice new Bentleys in their new showroom slash reception area. And then, this is something that uh, most people don't get to do, you will be led into the actual factory. And we are doing the show in it's a sort of quality control area where all the cars that come off the production line go and get checked over and photographed with lasers and stuff. And uh, we're setting up a, a, a little showtime kind of stage and seats in there there's going to be some of bentley's heritage cars all arranged around the room and we're going to do the same sort of thing that we did at morgan record a podcast have a little chat and then do a bit of a, a q a as well with the audience record the whole thing for future transmission so um, tickets on sale now 2nd of november bentley crew cheshire smith sniff podcast brilliant those are the headlines and just once more thank you very much to Bentley for letting us have um, a part of their inner sanctum in which yes. to record such a useless podcast uh, it's really <laughs> kind of them um, and I hope to spend some time giggling with, with some of you there uh, off of live audience yeah. and all that <sighs> there we go that's um, it Yeah. Well, that's, I'm really looking forward to that um, and whilst the energy's high uh, news just in I'm just going to rustle, yes. rustle my papers while I do it. News, news just in. If you'd listened to the last um, podcast, you'll know about our observation of Hyundai N high energy Eurobeat PR music. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is, again, just the gift that keeps on giving. It's so confusing uh, as a piece of PR. But anyway, we'll go with it. I've, I've heard that Stellantis are not happy, Rich. Right. Stellantis are really pissed off. Mm, I can see why. Because you know, you know why. It's obvious. There, there's only room for one manufacturer doing high energy Eurobeats, and it's it's their USP. If you take that away from Stellantis, what have they got apart from about 19 brands of car? What else have they got? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> seriously, that they are pissed right off. Um, so expect a dance off. I'm. I'm fully expecting a dance-off between only Hyundai's performance division. They can't have regular Hyundai employees, because that's not fair. And and then all of Stellantis, which I suggest is going to be quite a big troop, collectively. You'd call them a collective, actually, wouldn't you? Because that sounds a bit more street dance. Yeah. Uh, Can you just imagine this? It's going to be like... um, It's going to be like Techno Viking times 100. Techno Viking? Viking, with a V. Oh, right, okay. Come on, you've you must have typed in Techno Viking into into YouTube before, have you? I don't know that I have. Ah, uh, well, that, should that, I have done? Do it after this podcast. Okay. Uh, it's okay. got nothing to do with cars. It's a topless guy that looks very Jorvik and yeah, uh, doing street dancing and then mm-hmm. stopping what he's doing, threatening someone that was harassing a woman, and then going straight back into his his trance dance. It's just really good. It became okay. it did it went viral about a decade ago, but it's it's still very very entertaining. Techno Viking. Okay, good top tip. Yeah, uh, thanks to everyone who said thanks for us recommending um, the uh, School of Zen Motoring last week. Uh, it seems to have gone down really well, which is always nice when you recommend something that people actually like. So um, I hope everybody is still enjoying that. Absolutely, Just a nice little bit of calm during an otherwise busy day. What else did I have to tell you this week? Oh, Panda. Yes. My wife's found out about the panda. How? 
What happened? Well, did she listen to the podcast hmm. by any chance? No. <laughs> okay, no, I was going to say because <laughs> that was an outside chance. I was like, I don't think she listens anymore because she gets enough of my nonsense at home. Oh. But then I was like, oh, she would, because she'd been away and she had a long flight. I was like, what if she had just gone, oh, you know, sort of missing him, the silly twat. I'll listen to his show. But I thought, no, she won't do that. She'll just watch some movies on planes. She loves watching movies on planes. Yeah, yeah. She basically treats long-haul flying like a sort of thin, airborne cinema. Yeah, so, I do that. Not that. So, no, she didn't, she didn't get it from the podcast. It was Saturday night. Yeah. And we... We had some friends over for dinner. Lovely, casual thing. Some old mates came over, just made some nice, simple food. Kids went to bed. Oh, shit. I can see this car crash. Opened a nice bottle of red. Shit. We had a really lovely evening. Just catching up with old friends. And, sweet, sweet and, evening. You know, Lovely. Food, wine, delightful. Just mm. one of those really, really nice, heartwarming evenings. I actually thought, it was at our house, I actually thought that my mate Andy, who was one of our friends, was over... I just thought, I wonder if now, Andy's not into cars, but I just I thought, I wonder if he'd spot it outside. Because it's sort of outside the house, but behind a hedge, so you can't see it from the house. But thought, <laughs> as he walks up, I thought, if he spots it and he'll make some joke about going, oh, is that how you've replaced your Porsche or something like that? Yeah. I thought, well, that would, that would open the channels of communication. And then also, my wife can't be too cross with me because we've got friends over. But no, that didn't happen. So what happened instead is that our friends left... And we were just clearing up and getting ready to go for bed. And and for no reason particularly, but my wife opened the kitchen drawer in which things live. You know the drawer. Everyone's got a drawer. Yeah, yeah, a drawer of doom, kitchen. as we call it. Yeah. There's just a lot of crap in there, but also in there, the keys to the panda. Oh, gosh. And I thought, I'm not going to hide them, but I'm just going to put them in here. Because <laughs> then they're not immediately obvious. And particularly if they're sort of slightly under some post-it notes or something. Right. And my wife went in the drawer of stuff to get something else. Yes. And I was standing really near, and she suddenly just lifted up the keys, and she went, why are there some Fiat keys in this drawer? And she almost didn't finish the word drawer before she went, why is there an old Fiat outside our house? And you could see the penny dropping in real time. She'd spotted the panda out there. Because I'd almost thought, given that, you know, she's been home for a few days, that she might have said, do you know who's that panda is outside our house? And I could have gone, oh, yeah, it's um, it's mine. But no. Oh, Richard, I'm, I'm, I'm going white here. Blood's draining from my face. I know this feeling. Now, I'd had some wine. Oh, shit. And I, I was in a very good mood. We'd had a lovely evening. She was in a good mood up until this point, and I felt that maybe her her good mood had now gone to bed and she was left talking to me in the kitchen. And so I went, oh, yeah, I've been meaning to tell you about this. And she's like, have you bought a car? And I went, yeah, I've bought a car. And she went, why? And I was like, I don't know. I just wanted to zoom about. And she went, that's your reason. You just wanted to zoom about. What does that even mean? And I was like, I don't, but I could, then I, I just couldn't stop laughing. I was a bit giggly, and that made the situation, I think, much worse. Oh, shit. It's as as predicted, and as I think you predicted, she wasn't particularly cross about the car per se. She was cross that I hadn't told her. Yes. And had continued to withhold this information from her. Yes. For quite a while. Because then it it spawns mistrust in other elements. Well, what else hasn't he told me about? Well, actually, one of her... (laughs) 
<laughs> one of her friends unwittingly did me a solid because, because apparently she was messaging one of her mates, like one of her best friends, and she said, oh, by the way, while I was away, Richard bought this bloody car that we don't even need. And her mate was like, what, 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 what car? And she went, it's that fucking little Fiat Panda that's just like, what is the point? I don't get it. And it, I just don't understand. And he didn't tell me about it. And her mate went, well, yeah, but look at it this way. He's just bought a crappy little old car. At least he's not having an affair or something, which my wife was then forced to concede was, you know, a reasonable... True. If I'm going to do something that's a little bit wrong in her eyes, make it that, just buying an old car. So anyway, it's well, out you in the could open have, now. You could have bought a season ticket to a crap football club for about 10 grand. Well, exactly. You know? That's the thing. There's lots of other stuff. Then I think still on the Saturday night, we sort of went up to bed and then she, she was obviously not going to let this drop. Well, well, understandably. I Rather unhelpfully, I went, you can drive it if you want. And she she just sighed in that way that sort of blows pictures off the wall. And she said, I, I don't want to drive it. And anyway, I'm not insured on it. And I was like, no, you are actually. I've put you on the insurance. <laughs> She's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, because actually sometimes it lowers your insurance having uh, a, a female driver on there. Yeah, it's true. And then she went, okay, so you've used me to insure this car that you don't even need. And I was like, okay, now you've turned that around quicker than I expected. But God, that is So quick. that wasn't doing it. Because I was... The, that's very quick to turn around that. I, yeah, it's good, isn't it? She's good. She's very good. Um, but also, because I didn't tell you that um, I, I was talking to uh, another mate of mine, uh, someone we know, actually, that just before she got back, and I was saying, I bought this car, and I think it might go down a bit badly, and I don't know how to tell her. And uh, and he went, well, what if you just said that you bought it for her? And I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. I've done that. It's not something she would want. I've done, Remember, I did that with my Fiat. Did you? That, my Fiat 126 Polsky, yeah. Ah, yeah. I bought that as a Valentine's present, and I'm using I'm using finger inverted <laughs> yes. in, 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 in inverted commas because it was red for love and hearts, and uh, and it's cute. And I but I said I bought it for a Valentine's present. I I sort of had I just bought it anyway because it was the mm. right car at the right price. Um, but yeah saw through that instantly with her like uh, no no you you didn't buy that for a valentine's present you bought that because you liked it and you obviously got a deal on it and now you're just mm. trying to like shoehorn a, a, a scenario in i'm like yeah yeah yes. that's a yes 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 that's true but at least i didn't at least i didn't buy a caravan with a name like unicorn which i followed today and I'm in total confusion as to why. I know Car- unicorn. Yeah, I know we've been down the road with caravan names in the anal game before, which is still yeah, entertaining yeah, yeah. to this day. Mm, always. But it made me. This one made my teeth grind because it was a very long caravan that was only single axle, so it looked like oh. it was a little bit twitchy anyway. Mm. But I thought, if only that caravan was a unicorn. Unicorns don't exist. Which may, which means if it was a unicorn, it wouldn't exist, and it and it wouldn't be in front of me waving in the side wind as it was, looking a little <laughs> bit precarious. Um, sorry uh, to interrupt your panda hundred horse chat. No, there's not much more to say, but it just it, it now. Is there a frosty ending, or is it okay? I think she's just resigned to the fact it's just one of those things that yeah. I've done. You're becoming you... me. I've realised this. You, were, you used to be like a two-car guy. 
I know. And now you're like, oh, yeah, I've got a supercharged Range Rover because, I don't know, going away sometimes at the weekend with the dog. <laughs> and, oh, and by the way, I already had a Defender, which is fine for carrying people yes, and dogs. Yes. Oh, and oh, I've just bought a small car because a Range Rover is a ridiculous car yeah, to drive right. around yes, in. Yes, yes, yes. I know. This is the thing. I, I did, <laughs> and I admitted this to her, and I said, I, I do understand that saying, oh, no, the Range Rover uses a lot of petrol, I will spend £2,000 on a car that uses less petrol instead of just putting two grand's worth of petrol into the Range Rover is flawed logic, and she wasn't buying it. But, you see, you know, I, I like I'm turning logic. into you. I, yeah, I and like you, that logic. But you're turning into my wife because you're, you're criticising me for having four cars, which I admit is too many. There's you know two I'm, drivers in our house, I'm just, and one of them's very cross. I've recently moved house. Um, my life is being remodelled a little, and I'm trying to be more rational with thoughts about cars and parts of mm. cars because I have an abundance of parts for cars which I don't necessarily need. And, yeah, I'm just trying to... Do you know what I'm doing? I'm basically trying to counsel you um, or counsel me through you. That's what I'm doing. Oh, I see. But on a it's public projection. stage. I'm projecting. I'm doing it via a podcast, which is unnecessary. I could have just phoned you up and done it without recording it. But uh, I'm doing it. Do you know what? Spending money on that panda is a better idea than feeding that Range Rover. I'm going to put that out there. Mm. Because the 100 mm. horse will go up in price. Well... This, again, is something that I tried on my wife. I said, I get the money back, get the money back and then some, you know. Yeah, yeah. She went, really, in a sceptical way. And again, it was something that was brought up later, apropos of nothing. She went, you know you're paying to insure and fuel that car, so yeah. actually it's not costing you nothing because it's it's costing you money just to have it. And I was like, mm-hmm. Insurance is dead cheap on it, by the way. Is it? I was really pleased with that. Yeah, yeah, 160 quid. Oh, Amazing. So I thought it was pretty Gosh, that is with. really good, actually. Uh, oh, shout out to my nephew who passed his driving test. Did he? Yeah, 24 oh, hours excellent. ago. Well done. He's already driven halfway around the United Kingdom and in the one litre K11 Micra. <laughs> Powers to <laughs> the peoples. Just, just, just orbiting Britain in it. He's all, I mean, very unlike a 17-year-old, he's already commented on how frugal it is on fuel. And I said, well, that is one of the reasons why your uncle suggested that you buy yeah. a Micra as your first car. Um, yeah. So he's down with that, and Ethan, drive safe, uh, mm. live life to the max, and enjoy the subwoofer that Uncle Johnny got you. Um, <laughs> slight, um, slightly serious <clears throat> detour to uh, on the cast. I was gonna. I had a, an email through from the late break show, but I thought I would read it out on this cast because yeah. it might cast the net wise to try and find a car with sentimental value which i think oh, smith okay. and stiff listeners might be down with this is from uh, do, we, do we need the simon bates our tune music under this it feels like it uh, maybe this is uh, this is jonathan oakes and he's written mm-hmm. to me and said, after a number of people had suggested getting in touch in a Facebook post I made, I thought, what the hell? My dad passed away in 2014 suddenly, and it was devastating. From that unexpected jolt in life, I've now started searching for a car that created an unmatchable father-slash-son bond, his company, mm. GSI Cavalier. Oh, 
The Vauxhall was originally registered to Alpha Graphics Limited in Scarborough, where my dad worked as their finance director. Travelling UK-wide, he would slog the motorways every week visiting franchised AG stores, and he needed a car that would tick the speed, economy and comfort boxes, whilst also being a great trophy for all of his hard work. (laughs) On a Saturday, as a car enthusiastic 11-year-old, me in brackets now 42 i would valet and detail the car to showroom condition removing every mark of its weekly work and making it perfect the reward for me was to reverse her off the drive and park her roadside ready for dad's approval and smile Wow. In 1994, the company made my dad's role redundant as they evolved into parent company control And with that job loss, the GSI went, never to be seen by us again. And it was a massive loss, a dream car to us both. And I promised to find it for my dad one day and reunite them, knowing that not knowing that he would be taken early and I wouldn't get that chance. So as it's coming up to my late father's birthday, I once again wanted to see if anyone out there might be able to offer any information to help me track down his old Vauxhall Cavalier GSI 2000 4x4. Oh, it's the 4x4. Oh, oh, it's... <gasps> so I think it's quite a weapon for, its, for the yeah. era, right? It's a, 19, yeah, it's a 1992 car. I want to yeah. buy this car back and I do want to restore it if it's still out there. The registration was J802GEU. I'll say that again. Juliet 802 <laughs> Golf Echo Uniform. And it was per- J802 Golf Echo Uniform. Now I'm going to presume that this it's already it does exist. It's been looked up on. I looked yeah. it up just before we started this cast and it said yeah. it's not been um taxed since 2003. Okay. Uh but it doesn't say it's been scrapped. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. He's put, it was purchased new in the Harrogate area of North Yorkshire at Nid Vale Motors. Originally, although nine owners suggest it's probably moved about a bit since. Mm. I've completed all the possible checks on it. There are no scrap markers or red markers against it, but relatively little info online. I've got the chassis number, I've got the engine number, and I'm hoping it's hiding in a garage under layers of dust sheets um, and and it's not been lost to the parts bin. Um, If anyone can help, please let me know. Um, 
and I will fulfill the promise I made to my dad to bring this special car back to the family. I know it's a lot to ask, but I'm happy to do anything to assist in making making this happen. So, Right then, well, if you've got a red Vauxhall Cavalier GSI 4x4... Fold by fold, yeah. J802GEU. Yeah, U. 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 You can get in touch with us. We'll forward anything on. Hello at smithandsniff.com. Yeah. Or drop Johnny a line at the late break show. But either way, let's um, let's, see if let's we, do some let's, public service. For let's see if this car's out there. You know, maybe it is. A, It'd be so satisfying if we could turn this thing up. I I agree. That's why I wanted to put this out there because the Smith and Stiff net is a, quite a wide net. So well, we've often said our listeners know everything, haven't we? That no matter what we raise on here, somebody, often many people, will get in touch and and give us yes the lowdown. So yeah, I know this is a little more specific, but it would be. It'd be fab to find this car. In a completely selfish way, I'd also like to just drive a Cavalier GSI at some point because I never have. <laughs> um, even though I've admired, I've been a passenger in one flat out a long time ago, circa 1996, but not since. Um, so that would be great. Let's 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 go on this quest. Yeah. Um, to bring back the uh, the GSI. I say quest. I think Eagle Quest were the people that converted Vauxhalls into limousines and hearses, but. Not, not not relevant. <laughs> Ooh. Now that reminds me of something. Once again, with the scrupulous standards for which this podcast is known, we finally got around to talking about the Queen's Hearse last week. We did. And yet, I managed to forget to mention something else about the coverage of Her Majesty's funeral that really stuck in my mind and in which I actually I put on Twitter, but I want to talk to you about. Okay. Did you see the bit where, as they approached Windsor and the castle itself... Yeah. There was a side-on shot, so sort of looking down the exterior of the castle. And you could clearly see a green X-type estate. Oh, yes! As enjoyed by Her Majesty herself for driving around the grounds of the Windsor Estate. You parked up. You put a screen grab of this on Twitter, yes. didn't you? Because you were that Damn enthusiastic right about it. Yeah, because that, I mean, yeah. that, an X-type Jag is an old car now, isn't it? Yeah. 20 years old? yeah. yeah. It's got to be. Uh, well, no. I mean, it, it, a late one would be uh, still only sort of well, it's, well, 13 years old. Okay, so, okay, okay. I'm aging you know, it prematurely. Because I think that's the thing. She did have, latterly, she did have a late one. So, um, you know, it, it could, it, it's, it's, and it's probably got quite low mileage if she just used it for driving around the Windsor estate. So... It's not out of and the, question. And it has to be the estate for the corgis in the boot, right? For the corgis, that, yeah. That's what it would be. The thing is, the Queen was always mend and make do spec, and exactly. I like that about her. It was like well, it's old money, isn't it? Yeah, because it's like she was not going to go out and buy a, a new a brand one every new two F-pace years. Pace, because there's no need. No, there's plenty of life left in the old X type. So yeah, yeah. I I just thought that was quite because I, I said in, in, when I tweeted about it, it's like they'd got her beloved pony watching on as the funeral procession went past, and then they got the corgis there. And I just thought, but the X type to me was just as moving as uh, as, as seeing those animals. It's just like what the X type looks on. As it's it looks odd. Well, it was facing the wrong way. That was rather thoughtless of they didn't turn the X type round. But um, <laughs> it's it did you know it did just it was its presence there. I mean, it's the sort of thing it is though. When somebody dies, joking aside, there is that sort of strange sense then of all these artifacts they leave behind. Yeah, that are both sort of representative of them and also you know if you've ever 
suffered uh, a death where you have to then deal with someone's estate you you do have to find a way of moving on all of this stuff as well i'm sure the queen had people who would do that but i wonder it's like what do they do just go what 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 do we do with the old jag it's like yeah does charles want it i don't think he does he doesn't he says you know we've asked he doesn't want it he doesn't want it so you you sort of just have to have to it's disease spec it's we've talked about it it before it's amazing disease it's cars which aren't exotic or particularly valuable but they might have been really well cherished by the by the late Mm. owner and they deserve Mm. to they've got so much life left in them Mm. and they sometimes go from i've met people who they inherit their grandpa or grandma's deceased spec car which is largely mint usually a little bit of a scuff on one corner um but mechanically very young and um and it usually then gets put straight into kind of like hardcore service as being a, a, an unloved car it goes from being worshipped in a garage to being left outside on street parking and used yeah. hard and unserviced for a long time and it does it you know it does it because it's yeah it's still young but um well yes young i know cars. i know i know, I know. Johnny, guys I know. like listen now look no. could i invite you to come over with me to smith and sniff book corner please because uh, i've got a couple of books that i've read recently um which i wanted to talk about okay. oh how are you getting on with miriam margulis's autobiography by the way yeah very good quite smutty still yeah, um still good <laughs> yeah uh yeah i'm getting i'm getting i'm getting through it is uh I'm getting through it she is she is i like a biography i have to say i do like mm. a biography cool um, okay well um i i was going to do more sort of car related stuff she bought a beetle i know that there is a there's one car reference what? in it she bought oh, a, really? yeah she bought um she bought uh, a car um which was a beetle and loved it oh. and drove it for years until it fell to pieces i think um, so yeah that's the only car reference in that book thus far that i can find quite handy for you though because you've got a talking point if yeah you ever meet mary and Margaret, on that so. side of things so so the book uh first book i was going to talk about is uh, you've heard me talk before on the podcast about steve saxty who wrote those excellent books secret faults volumes one oh, oh yeah very much so folds yeah uh, steve go close to the mic the for podcast that. he heard us talking about them uh, and he got in touch with a complaint oh sugar he um, he was <laughs> now i think he's unfairly blaming us for something here he was he oh. was in he was in the bmw museum in munich listening to our podcast Re- as he walked around really yeah Oh, and, sorry, Steve. And for, for reasons that I can't quite understand, while listening to us and in, the BMW, and in the BMW Museum, one of his Apple AirPods fell out, fell two stories down from the upper walkway that he was on, <laughs> bounced off the roof of that. Do you remember that turbo show car that BMW had in the early 70s that sort of led to the M1? Yes. If you remember, it's signed by Paul Brack. It, it bounced off the roof of that priceless one-off concept car and went underneath that 3-litre CSL homage that they made, you know, that concept, again, that was sort of like a tribute to the old original CSL. What? Did it smash? Did, did, did... Well, it's only a little headphone, isn't it? But but Steve said he, he hadn't got the balls to ask to retrieve it, so, so it'll sit there underneath this concept car. Until they, um, so, until someone from the museum spots it. Uh, so yeah, anyway, he's blaming us for the loss of an AirPod, but Steve, uh, he was also getting in touch to say that he's written the last in the Secret Fold series, which is a sort of little addendum 
It's um, it's called 70s and 80s RS Icons Companion Book. And basically, it's all the stuff that he turned up specifically about the RS cars. So um, it's got the Sierra Cosworth, RS200, that aborted RS 1700T rally car, the Escort-based one they were yes. going to do that then they decided against. All of that, all the good stuff. If you like RS folds in particular, Folk. it is absolute catnip. And it's all the stuff that Steve turned up in his research for the first two Secret Fords books that uh, he couldn't find a place for. So he's put it into this extra volume and um, and put it out as a book. It's the final one. He won't be doing any more Ford stuff. He's working on other things now. So uh, this is just like a little sort of farewell project to the whole Fords. No, I think he escapade. needs to do another volume. It needs to be phonetic Fords. And that is how to say all of the different models of Ford and how to say Ford itself by, by the authority on the... By yeah. Steve Sexton. And Steve, if you can record us a brief message of how to do that, we'll happily promote it on the podcast. I don't know um, where Steve's from, because he used to work at Ford. So I, don't, I don't know if he's from, from Essex or not. Possibly not. Can he do his anyway. best? Can he do his best? I'd love Steve himself to do his best Folds. Wow. Is this, this is the price that an author has to pay for getting their book mentioned. That's on our, right. Our We've name checked it to... twice now. Maybe three yeah, times. We have. Anyway, well, this book, he, the thing is also, in fairness and full disclosure, he sent me a freebie copy of this book because he knows that I enjoyed the first two and I did pay my own money for those. So um, I've been reading it. It's fabulous. If you've seen the other Secret Fords books, you'll know what to expect. It's really beautifully laid out and designed. And the writing, I think, is a, a notch above your average car book because it's got a little bit of wit to it as well. Uh, partly thanks because Steve uh, writes them and then his editor is Mel Nichols, the former editor of Car Magazine from back in its 70s heyday so he works with mel to make sure it's tippity top in the words as well as the pictures and the pictures are superb uh, so that's my that's my first book review for the class masterful um I know. the second one is the long-awaited racing with rich energy oh. by King and elizabeth blackstock which has been a long time coming. Um, they're two American journalists. Um, you might know their work from Jalopnik, uh, amongst other places. And they have devoted, it's at least two years, I feel like it might be more, to researching and writing up the whole crazy, rich energy debacle, particularly around the Haas F1 team, which I'm sure people listening to this are familiar By with. By the way, it's Haas short for half arsed Can I just ask this yes. question? Yes, yes it is. Is yeah. that how, we, <laughs> how they arrived at that name? It's We just fitted yeah. two words together and it just se- seemed to sound premium. So we've just gone with that. Well, so I, uh, I, I've been waiting for this book for ages because I'm a keen student of... Um, Richard Energy. Richard Energy and, of course, William Storey, the CEO of Rich Energy, who is, uh, as anyone who's ever seen his presence on social media, um, how would you describe him? I'm going to say... A character? I'm going to say, yeah, um, maybe um, a little too brimming with self-belief. Certainly would no you... lack of self-belief. No. Not necessarily a close friend of the facts, but uh, <laughs> that doesn't ever hold him back. That sounds like a really good name for an 80s ballad by William Story. <laughs> Not a close friend of the facts by William Story. Is that, is he'd it call like... his record Friend of the Facts because 
his uh, his ability to claim things is is almost boundless. And this is something uh, that this book, Fact Frenemy, by Willie Story. So if you have been keeping a, a sort of eye on this, the whole rich energy thing and William Story and Haas and all of that stuff, there's a lot in the book that you will sort of know, but it does flesh out some of the really interesting bits. And I have to say that uh, Alliance King and Elizabeth Blackstock have clearly done a hell of a lot of research for this I, I need to read this now you do i think it's interesting the one of the things about books like this that are scrupulously researched and very carefully written up in a proper journalistic way is that if you go in expecting big sensational headlines and revelations you are going to be a bit disappointed because it's smarter and more thoughtful than that and more forensic so they just present the evidence, but they don't do it in a sort of tabloid way. They do it in a proper, old-fashioned, journalistic way. And there are loads of little interesting details. I won't spoil it. There are just some little bits where you go... Like, there's there's some revelations around how Rich Energy got into F1 because they were tied to um, Force India, allegedly. They were going to buy Force India, and then they were going to do a deal with Williams. The explanation of what happened around the Williams thing is there's some information there I'd never heard before. Um but also there's a lot of stuff that it just confirms things that a lot of people, if they've paid attention to this, will sort of feel like they know, but it's really good to see it all in one place. It's almost like a compendium of the insane bullshit around rich energy. Oh, don't. You're, you're making me wetting one's appetite. Including all of the fact that you couldn't get that stuff anywhere. This is a recurring theme in the book is how hard it is to get this drink and it's almost like a running gag that you can never buy this stuff and yet somehow they've got the money to get into Formula One and sponsor a team, which is... You know, but they're not actively trying to sell a product, yeah, at the same well, time. This is or the avoiding. And the bit, they've saved one of the best bits to last in, the, I think it's the last chapter, because they interviewed some people who used to work at Haas, and one of them talks about the availability of rich energy, cans of rich energy, within the Haas factory and other team facilities and the race motorhome and all this and it's hilarious inadvertently so but it's suffice to say within Haas it was nicknamed unicorn piss because of how rare it was to see a can of it (laughs) and this is their title sponsor so I won't spoil any more of it because it is worth reading it's really interesting I think that there is also a recurring theme that's less amusing which is the number of times that you read phrases along the lines of the authors reached out to this person but they wouldn't speak to them oh gosh there's a recurring theme of stonewalling and it is almost the unspoken theme of the book and it it, it must have been incredibly frustrating for the authors to deal with that it's quite frustrating to read and you realize that there's this kind of odd wall of silence around rich energy and all the people who have ever been involved with it and i don't know whether it's because people are embarrassed that they fell for some of the the sort of bluster and then realized it was all a bit hollow or if there's something bigger than that i'm offering rich richard energy's william story a chance to be interviewed on the late break show i would very Mm. much like to see his car collection slash motorbike uh (laughs) garage and when i say collection i don't mean it doesn't have to be 20 cars 30 cars or anything like that cat i'd love to come and film for a car cave have a chit chat um, mm. The doors open for you and the XJ that we've seen on Twitter. Uh, that would be marvellous. <laughs> <laughs> Very much. 
Oh, no, I'm go. not taking the piss. I, I, I mean, I'm intrigued. I'm full of intrigue. People are interested I'm in full him. Full of intrigue. He's he's an intriguing character, and that does come across in the book. Uh, um, I I so, haven't read any interesting books. I'm afraid. Apart, I mean, obviously, I'm still reading the same biography. So my only recommendation, and this is suddenly turned into recommendations corner, which it shouldn't, because <laughs> you shouldn't believe what we say. I can recommend on on Dave Channel. Um, a a fantastic show which I've only recently stumbled across, which I think if you enjoy the the, the wit, I'm going to use use wit loosely on Smith and Sniff, you'll enjoy something called the Daily Mash on uh, Dave. Is that still going? Yeah, is it? And I'm finding it. It's presented by uh, a lady called Rachel Paris, who's yes so sharp and funny. I saw her doing stand-up once. She was good. She's really good. So I just want to say, yeah. if you if you if you've had a shit week, watch Late Night Mash on Dave. Dave are not paying us to say this. Uh, no, no one's paying no, us to say no, any of these it's things. A shame. We're just, we're just it's honestly a trying to recommend. Well, I mean, all right. Steve Saxley sent me a free book. That's fair. Enough. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's. I mean, that's paid. But I did buy two of his other books. That's a hashtag ad, Richard. You need to say that. You influencer. Okay. <laughs> hashtag embedded. Whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for the book, Steve. Uh, you've done another great job. It's a fantastic book. Um, Racing with Rich Energy by Alanis King, Elizabeth Blackstock. I paid for that. And it's a really interesting book. I would recommend it to anyone who is even slightly intrigued by the bizarreness of Rich Energy generally, and particularly their involvement in F1. I think the only thing about it is if you if you come looking for absolute closure on the whole thing and explanations of stuff like where the money came from oh. i don't think anyone knows and i sort of feel like and I, I suspect that alanis and elizabeth don't want to go back in and write another book but i feel like one day there might be another book in this when some more of the truth comes out or maybe it never will who knows it's so opaque thus far maybe it will <laughs> never the truth will never seep out it's got to seep out it's got to. It's got to. <laughs> well, you could be the person to do it. Get William Story on the late break I'd show. I'd like that. Idle chat in the chairs. Yeah, in and the chairs, and and to to find out what goes on, what makes him tick, how he got into mm. all of this. But or if he just wants to walk around his garage or quite happy, or his shed, He'd quite happily do that. Yeah, I'd love it. Yeah, I'd yeah. love it if he's got some really. Um, precariously tuned mopeds that we could go out on together i'd quite like that that'd be quite and that's not another band by noel gallagher but it could be it could be couldn't it noel gallagher's precariously tuned mopeds (laughs) can you imagine it with with him constantly disappointed mancunian on a really like high power band moped that's got nothing it's got nothing for three seconds and then suddenly everything Hey, John, it, it, it's, it's running, it's running, ah, and then it just absolutely rears up again. It's just terrible. Really badly set up. I told you about that. that cleaned out. I told you about that very small motorbike that I bought for my daughter when she was about six. So about six years ago, uh, seven years ago, and I bought it and she never saw it because I, I, I had it delivered to the house via um, a, a delivery app. And... Um, and it was secondhand from Cumbria, so I never saw it. I bought it blind. And everyone was out when it arrived. And I thought, I'll strike it up in the garden and just see, have a little go in the summer. 
and it was so tuned and fast and dangerous, I instantly put it where the shed and put it up for sale and went, there's no way I'm putting anyone I love on that. There's no frigging way. It was so, like, neck-stappingly responsive. It was a 50cc, but it was a KTM schoolboy scramble bike, so it was like a competition motocrosser for little kids. Jesus. So if you got on that with no experience at all, I mean, I nearly, I did a, I'm so glad there's no CCTV and footage that exists anymore of me getting into a <laughs> real legs dragging along the garden, sort of like tank slapper <laughs> on, a, on, a, on, a, on a motorbike with sort of 10 inch wheels. Honestly, it was so responsive. <laughs> and I, I probably I stood up and had to exhale slowly and go, right. That's that's being sold straight away. I love that. Nobody's going you, near you that. Dragged with your feet. <laughs> Some feet your, so with your feet, like at the top of your feet being dragged along the lawn. Yes, the ankles were, you can imagine, ankle, ankles were angled back like a, like a bad air yeah. brake. And they've just yeah. been dragged along. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just very quietly shut it off and pushed I, it. I shut it off and, and muttered to myself, fucking hell, nobody's riding that on my watch. <laughs> That's going away. That's going on sale. And I sold it straight away. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, it's probably been through like nineteen different owners since. Just a series of people going Christ alive. It's like re- it it's eBay. like you know, sort of a, a dangerous dog that keeps getting rehomed unsuccessfully. It's kind of like yeah. that. I feel. Yeah. Uh, although yeah. I'm missing it now, I feel like if I if I own, mm, if I ever really. own a field, it's the sort of thing I'd quite like to have a go on. If I've had a couple of tall bottles of cider, mm. and I think, go on then. Let's, let's, let's yeah. have, come and have a go if you think you're hard enough. And of course, I'm not hard enough. So that's why I would end up making a phone call from a dark field with two broken wrists and trying to talk into the mouthpiece. It feels like we're recording the audio that will be played into the inquest. Oh, just be, you know what? Those 24 hours in A&E where it starts with the phone call yeah. going like this. Yeah. Come and get me. Come and get me. Yeah. Excuse me, sir. Where are you? What's happened? Just come and get me. I'm in a field. Get a police. I need the police but, as well. Uh, the bike's still going. I don't know where it is. It's gone off on its own. Uh, the bike's the bike's in a forest just going <laughs> like crazy frog. And I'm just there with two You're broken just... wrists going. I it's not painful because I'm drunk, but I've broken both my wrists yeah. and I'm really finding it hard to talk into this phone with two broken wrists. So if you can just come They're and get me. Highly tuned horizontal Catherine wheel somewhere <laughs> In the woods approach with caution repeat approach with caution it is coming up to fireworks night maybe that's the ultimate firework is a really angry two-stroke children's motorbike that you just get children's on children's motorbike <laughs> <laughs> all right well look um I'm we're the... approaching that kind of time when we should definitely just shut, shut it up, up and lock it in the shed and sell shut it up. straight on gumtree mate straight on fucking gumtree Anyway, before we go, uh, I've got three things to tell you. They are one. Johnny has a solo YouTube channel. It's called The Regulate Featuring Nate Dog Show. Oh! In which Johnny recites the words from Warren G's 1994 hit in a range of locations. Oh. Uh, this week, he's doing the bit about shooting people while walking through Preston. Oh, yes. Um, Nate Dog's about to make some bodies turn cold from memory. Um, yes, he is. Yeah. Yeah, so you know it already. There's, something, there's, some, yeah. there's, a, there's a quantity in the clip. And one in the chamber, and uh, you know the way it goes, guys. Yeah, you know. 
Does, I think the Wikipedia page for that song has an overly detailed explanation of all the lyrics, but written in a really sort of formal way, where it sort of goes, Mr. Dog then explains that he is carrying a type of weapon, and it, it just goes on like that. It's, <laughs> it's, it's you know what I'm going to um, be doing after this podcast, yeah, when I should think. be finishing the edit on something. Yes. Uh, second thing I've got to tell you is uh, that uh, I've written books as well. It's not just Steve Saxty and... Uh, I don't believe you. Blackstock. I don't believe yeah, you. I have. No. I never mention it, but I have actually. One of them is called An On That Bombshell. It's uh, a sort of look back at Top Gear 2002 to 2015 because I worked on it. Again, I never mentioned that, do no. I? No. But uh, I did. Uh, and it's all about that. It's got a story about James May getting cross over some pies. <laughs> and the third thing I have to tell you is that Elvis Presley was a massive fan of Monty Python. Was he? Yes, he was. Gosh, I did not know that. I say this every week because you impress me every week. Um, I know. I was going to say uh, one week you'll just go, yeah, I know, and that'll be it. It'll, I just it'll, go. Uh, that was not impressive. Hopes and dreams. Uh, yeah, he was a huge Monty Python fan. He apparently watched Holy Grail like fifty times or more. He was he was really into. It. He used to recite the sketches to friends, and apparently, so it's alleged. I I, I sort of double checked this because I thought this sounds like a joke, but as far as I can work out, it's not. He was such a Python fan that if they had a bad gig, he would come off afterwards and say to the band, it's just a flesh wound, like that knight in um, Holy Oh, Bear. who has all his limbs cut off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Elvis Presley was a Python quota. Didn't put that in the movie, did you, Baz Luhrmann? But, I, um, I love that. It's good, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think that's brilliant. I think that's really good. It just conjures up images of him and Priscilla sitting up you know, watching telly at night with him going, who's the next pound? Seems to be, you know. And um, I kind of find that quite sweet. Sweet, sweet guy. Sweet, sweet guy. Lovely, Dead. wonderful. I was just thinking, you know, on that bombshell, uh, the ending to all Top Gears with Jeremy and Richard and James. Yeah. Um, yeah. What came first? Saying on that bombshell at the end of Top Gear or on that side of things, John? Because they almost sound... Oh. On that side of things, bombshell, or on that bombshell, on, bombshell on, of things, on that bombshell, on that side <laughs> of things. I don't know. How old is John? Non-stop talking, John. I reckon. Been doing it for years. He's he? got grown-up children who are probably. Oh, there you go. Probably thirty. I'm going to say he's could be sixty. He might be. Oh well, or well 50, yeah. he'll be doing it for longer, won't he? Unless it's a recentish tick, but probably not. It could have had a bit of a knock on the head. And on that bombshell was just stolen off Alan Partridge, which um, and, and somehow gets associated more with Top Gear. Much to the chagrin of Armando Inucci, one of the producers of Alan Partridge. <laughs> but then they're, they're, Partridge is interwoven with cars. Well, yeah. Car yeah, he is. Oh, and something else, again, recommending it, not because we you know, get any favours, but I was listening to the new Alan Partridge podcast on Audible. I paid for that as well. And um, <laughs> he's got some good car references in there, including in the first episode, uh, out of nowhere, a reference to the Bricklin SV1. Oh, wow. I was like, fucking hell, fair play, Coogan. He is proper car nerd. Yeah. And he also does a bit about carports that is uncannily like what we were talking about the other week. What? And we, I, I haven't even heard that, the new I know. podcast yet. So no, that's. Well, nor had I, but he makes the same point. Cars are basically rust resistant now, or more than they were, so you don't need a carport. Ah, uh, great minds. I've got like. my. I've got my father-in-law spec trailer under my carport at the moment, which is already a little bit rotten, but I thought I'd stop the rot if I could. 
get an expert. Yeah, and that's a really exciting ending to a podcast, isn't it? It's a tremendous one, isn't it? Well, if you can bear it, there'll be more of that calibre of excitement same time next week. But until then, thank you ever so much for listening. Goodbye. Thank you very much. We love you. Bye. I'm Johnny Smith. I've just let one go in as Cupra Leon. (laughs) (laughs) Why not use that one? Uh, Yeah, luckily it doesn't really smell. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. <laughs> 